This video is brought to you by Devout Decals, makers of reusable Catholic art for your home altar, your bedroom, and your home classroom. Today I have for your reflection a letter written by Hilaire Belloc to William Inge. William Inge was the dean of St. Paul's Cathedral. As such, is addressed to Dean Inge, and I refer later to him as Mr. Inge because he was the, um, well, an Anglican priest and uh, the, of the dubious ordinations therein. So this is a very hot-blooded response because Mr. Inge had said rather nasty things to say about the Catholic Church, and Mr. Belloc was quite happy to defend the Church with his full-throated support when he needed to. Um, for those who aren't aware, Hilaire Belloc is a hero of mine, as you will see from this image. It is the source of the image I use for most of my daily videos. <laughs> so anyway, I hope you find this useful today. I do also want to quickly say that we are still in the month of November, and the Vatican, like they often do at this time of year, extended the um, indulgences you can gain for the prayers for the dearly departed from beyond just the beginning of the month through the entirety of the month, so do not pass that opportunity by. Even if you don't think the guy who did it, Francis, has any validity as a pope, if you think he's an anti-pope, the worst that's going to happen if you still follow suit and do this is you're going to gain some graces for praying for the repose of the souls of the departed in purgatory. Oh no. Perish the thought of gaining graces by doing acts of, of spiritual acts of mercy. Anyway, on to the letter from Hilaire Belloc in response to William Dean Inge on the question of the church. The famous letter of Hilaire Belloc to Dean Inge, a scholar of Belloc's time, who defamed the church, as you will see here. This is Belloc's response to him. Dear Mr. Inge, you have often attacked and defamed the Catholic church in your pages. In that effort you have introduced, among others, my own less significant name. I propose to answer you. Your ta the task is the easier because your animosity leads you to open declaration of your hatred, and unlike too many of your kind, you are sometimes led by exasperation to be sincere. Your indictment against the faith, which you have called a bloody and treacherous corporation, is in these articles, that it is foreign, that it is disciplined, and that it is false, or, as you have written, an imposture. The first a puerile, the second misconceived, and the last momentous, and the issue, I will take them in that order. The faith, you say, is from outside. Certainly it has been alienated by force and fraud from the English. But since how long? You know that it made England, and in particular remade England out of barbarism as no other province of our civilization was restored. You are a man cultured and acquaintance with the resources. You know well enough that England only is because the church made England after the chaos of the 5th and 6th centuries. You know also, as your readers do not, that all about us, axe and ladder and saw, pillar and arch, and verse and law and reasoning, are from that Mediterranean antiquity which the church barely saved, and having saved, nourished into Christendom. This done, England so recovered the faith, presided over all her being for a thousand years. It was not till three hundred years ago that the half of England doubted. It is not two hundred since the last body of Englishmen loyal to the ancient national faith of Englishmen were crushed out. A hideous official persecution, violent beyond example, and carried out in the interest of men newly enriched by the plunder of sacred things, took three lifetimes before it succeeded. I find a contradiction in you here. An Englishman, you say, cannot be English unless he has in him some Manichaean twisting of the Puritans. 
So Chaucer, Alfred, Bede are not English? But next I hear that this Puritanism is a product of Englishry. So those thousand years were English after all, but took their thousand years to bear the Protestant fruit, which blossomed suddenly 300 years ago. When Shakespeare wrote England was manifestly Catholic, when Milton no longer. Yet you would abandon Shakespeare with regret. You define an Englishman by his religion. No true Englishman can be of Shakespeare's mood, you say, only of Milton's. An Englishman of Shakespeare's mood, or Chaucer's, or Moore's, was no true Englishman. The Englishman groping for the light shall no longer be English for you if he attains it. He shall only be English in your eyes on the condition of groping still. Certitude and the light upon eternal things are a bar to your granting a certificate of English essence. What is more, the answer to the most universal and important of questions must, you tell us, be local, and truth must be provincial to be true. If it oversteps national boundaries, it is false. Was there ever such nonsense? I have called it puerile, and so it is, a schoolboy's folly, to which all things not familiar seem ridiculous, for how can truth have local boundaries? Your second objection is weightier. We of the faith are not universal, but separated. The world notes, as you do, that we stand together, making one regiment. You mistake that unity for mere servitude and that bond for a chain. There is none of us, but can assure you that only in the faith does the reason reach a plenitude of freedom, nor any of us that has searched into ideas, but will further tell you that we of the faith may doubtfully admit some skeptics for our equals, but certainly no sentimentalists or men of merely emotional religion. You say that we are within walls. So we are. But they are the walls of a city. It is the secure city of God. You resent our unity. Without it, how would the structure of Revelation be preserved, or of that Christian society which we made, which is Europe, and the disillusion of which would be the death of all? You are offended at our central command. But are we not under siege? In truth, it is not the constitution of the church you abhor, but the thing itself. Little though you know that thing, just as men hate some strange country, they know not a word of its language. When such decry the tyranny or the license of some polity, it is not monarchy nor the republic which troubles them, but the very texture of a detested place. With you it is not the captaincy of Peter that offends, though that is wholly necessary and, and, and instinctive. It is his ship, the ship itself, life on shipboard, the manner of the sea. Wherein also resides your chief, and only grave indeed your, your one grievance, that what the Catholic faith lays down, this you do not believe. You have written, the Catholic Church is an imposture, thereby provoking all the past of Europe and challenging Ignatius of Antioch and Augustine of Hippo, no less than the least of our fellowship today. I forbear to pin you to a strict explanation, whether that imposture be the Incarnation, the Eucharist, or any of our other structural mysteries. Your office forbids you to reply. You take money paid to you to teach and maintain some, at least, of the Christian doctrines and the creeds. Therefore, you cannot speak your mind openly or tell us whether at heart you do not agree with the half-instructed millions around you who make no doubt that religion is of man, a figment. I will content myself by concluding this, that there wholly escapes you the character of the Catholic Church. You judge it by indications dead and valueless. You have not, for all your detestation of it, experienced its life, not known it for what it is. You are like one examining the windows of Chartres from within, by candlelight, and marveling how any man can find glory in them. But we have the sun shining through. You are like one curious to note the canvas marks on the back of a Rayburn, and marveling to hear its obverse called the true picture of a man. For what is the Catholic Church? It is that which replies, coordinates, establishes. It is that within which is right order outside the puerilities and the despairs. It is the possession of perspective in the survey of the world. It is a grasp upon reality. 
Here alone is promise, and here alone is the foundation. Those of us who boast so stable an endowment make no claim thereby to personal peace. We are not saved thereby alone, but we are so glorious a company that we receive support and have communion. The mother of God is also ours. Our dead are with us. Even in these our earthly miseries, we always hear the distant something of an eternal music and smell a native air. There is a standard set for us whereto our whole selves respond, which is that of an inherited and endless life, quite full in our own country. You may say all this is rhetoric. You would be wrong, for it is rather vision, recognition, and testimony. But take it for rhetoric. Have you any such? Be it but rhetoric, whence does that stream flow? Or what reserve is that which can fill even such a man as myself with fire? Can your opinion, or doubt, or gymnastics, do the same? I think not. One thing in this world is different from all other. It has a personality and a force. It is recognized, and when recognized, most violently loved or hated. It is the Catholic Church. Within that household, the human spirit has roof and hearth. Outside, it is the night. That was a passioned defense of the Church and the faith by Hilaire Belloc, addressed to Mr. Dean Inge, whom I went over who he was at the beginning. Maybe if you, maybe you can find the letter online. It's all over the place. And uh, take the spirit of it next time you have to answer some unpleasant questions about your faith, especially if you come from a convert background, especially if you're in the United States and Thanksgiving is coming or, you know, anybody listening to this, the Feast of the Nativity, Christmas is coming, and you may have to answer some questions about the faith. So be it. Here, Belloc was a little upset. You can kind of tell. <laughs> he speaks very forcefully, and that is why he is someone whose works I have always greatly respected and is why... His image is the one I use as sort of, at least for the time being, as my AVI that I talk from behind. Although that'll change in the not terribly distant future, I think. Anyway, I hope you have a blessed Sunday. Please pray for the church. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.